you for choosing iChurch Sermon Podcast. We invite you to get ready, get ready, get ready for what God has to say to you today. Y'all looking good. You guys went all out. Easter, huh? Y'all looking good. We should have Easter more often if that's what's going to happen to your appearance. That'd be great. That would be great. That'd be great. I'm just kidding, guys. I'm just kidding. I want you guys to go straight with me to 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 41. Today, I want to be combining two stories, two of my favorite stories in the world. And it's really funny because these two stories have in common the number seven. And you guys are going to catch on later on. Right now, you might not understand it too much, but later on, you're going to understand. And these two stories are like my favorite stories. I love these stories because my favorite characters in the Bible are Elijah and Elisha. And, and these two stories have to do with both of them. So I want to start reading it to you guys real quick. What had happened, let me give you a little bit of uh, what had happened was, let me give you a little bit of background, is that right now, Elijah had just done a huge miracle. Elijah is a prophet in the Bible, if you don't know. He had just done a huge miracle, done something amazing, something great. And now, he's running, and he ends up at his house. I'm thinking it's his house. And this is what happens. 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 41. It says, and Elijah said to Ahab, go eat and drink. For there is the sound of heavy rain. There's sound of what? Oof. Go eat and drink. For there is the sound of heavy rain. Look at the person next to you and be like, it's going to rain. It's going to pour. It's going to pour. That's important. Come on, look at the other person. Be like, it's going to rain. Say good conviction. It's going to rain. So Ahab went off to eat and to drink. But Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel bent down to the ground and put his face between his knees. I want you to try that for one second. I want you to try to put your face between your knees. I want you to try Come on, come on. Don't be, don't, be, don't be like that. Just try it. Just for fun. Have fun in church. It's hard, right? Dude, imagine how this guy, what he must have felt. Because he straight up bent down and put his head between his knees. Come on, try it again. You know you want to. Try it again. Try it again. Try it again. Come on. Come on. It's tough, dude. In between. It's tough. Elijah, whatever he's feeling, he said he, he, he bent down to the ground and put his face between his knees. Verse 43, go and look toward the sea, he told the servant. So he bent down between his knees. He's in, the, he's, in the, he's in the mountain, bent down between his knees, and he looked at his servant, and he said to his servants, go and look towards the sea, look towards the ocean. And he went up and looked towards the sea, his servant. There's nothing there. What was there? Nothing there. There's nothing there, man. Why, why are you asking me to go see this? There's nothing there, he said. Seven times. Say with me real loud. Seven. Come on, I need to know y'all are with me. I need to know you're going to help me preach. Say with me real loud. Seven. Seven times straight up. He told him, go back. So you, I want you to imagine this for one second. Gio, come over here. You're going to be my, my, my guinea pig right now. I want you, you're going to be Elijah. I want you to uh, lay down, face that way, put your head between your knees. Then lay down, put your, put your head between your knees. Okay? Put his hands between his knees. He looks at a servant. He goes, go and look. Like fake, like you're telling me. Go and look. Seven, go and look to the sea. <laughs> fake it, fake it. <laughs> go and look to the sea. And, and, and tell me what's there. So he goes, and he goes over there. He goes to the sea. One time, he looks towards the sea. There's nothing there. So he goes back all the way to Elijah. He goes like, Elijah, there's nothing there. <laughs> Go back. He's like, go back. So Elijah, so the, the servant comes back. There's nothing there. 
There's nothing there. There's nothing there, man. I'm still telling you. There's, n- there's nothing. Okay. <laughs> seven times he made him come back to look towards the sea and see if there's something there. And seven times, he, the six times he came back and he's like, there's nothing there. Stay there. Stay right there. There's nothing there. It, now you need to understand that it has not rained in a long time. It has not rained because this same man told the people, it's not going to rain until I say so. So, so far, it has not rained. The land is dry. And when the land is dry, for those of you that know that it does not rain, a lot of bad things happen. A lot of bad things happen. The crops stop growing. Everybody starts going into panic. There's no water nowhere, especially in these times. There's no water nowhere. Everybody's freaking out because there's no water and there's not raining. Now, what, what, what does that have to do with anything? There's a situation that is slowly Killing the people. There is a situation that is slowly killing everybody and everything. Slowly killing everybody and everything. So I want you to shout out with me, Naaman. Come on, shout a bit louder. Naaman. You can sit down, man. Naaman. Look at what happens. Remember, there's a situation that's slowly killing everything and everybody. Second Kings chapter 5, verse 1. Now Naaman was commander of the army of the king of Aram. He was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded because through him the Lord had given victory to Aram. He was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy. He had what? But he had leprosy. There's two very important details right here. I know right now I'm all over the place. You hang out with me. I'm going to connect everything to you in a second. Just hang out with me. He had leprosy. There's two very important details. Number one, I want you, I want you to understand that this is you. You are naming for this situation. You are naming right now. You are the servant that's going to go and is looking and he sees nothing. He looks through the window and he sees nothing. All he knows for sure is that there is something that is slowly killing everything and everybody. And here's Naaman, a good man. And all he knows is that he has leprosy, a disease that is slowly killing everything and every part of his body. Same thing. Same situation on both sides. Just with two different names. But they're both slowly killing him. Number one, he was a great man that had leprosy. It's not that he was the leprosy. It's that he had leprosy. It's not that he was leprosy. It's that he had leprosy. Why is this important? Because you need to get stuck in your head that your trials is something that you have, not something that you are. You hear me? Your trials in life is something that you have, not something that you are. But when you get stuck in your head that what you're going through is what you are, you're never going to be able to succeed because how are you going to stop being something that you are? If it is you, it will die with you. If it is really intentionally you, created by God inside of you, you will die with it. But your problems and your situations, what you're going through with your wife, what you're going through with your husband and your finances, is not what you are, it's something that you have. It's not that he was leprosy, it's that he had leprosy. And the second thing that you need to understand is that leprosy is no joke. He was going to die. You remember your, remember your situation, remember your problem through all this. Now we're going to keep on going through the story. There's this slave girl in Naaman's house, slave. They captured her and they brought her to the house. And while she's in the house, she realizes that he's going to die. 
So he t- she tells him, hey, you have leprosy, you're going to die. But if you go to my land, if you go to Israel, there's a prophet there that can heal you. Always expect the unexpected. You think if I'm a slave, I'm going to help the dude that captured me? Are you crazy? Let him die, right? Die quicker. Somebody else has leprosy. Come jump in bed with him. Oh, my gosh. And this lady's helping him out. Expect the unexpected. Now, Naaman goes to his king, and he says to his king, I want to go to Israel because my slave girl told me that if I go over there, there's a guy that could heal me. So the king goes like, okay, don't worry. Here's a bunch of money. Here's a bunch of letters of recommendation. Here's this. Here's that. Go and take it to Israel so that they can heal you. So the guy goes over there to Israel, throws everything in front of the king, and he tells the king, king, I want you to heal me because my slave girl told me you could heal me. And look at this, this is the weirdest thing in the world. This made me laugh so hard. The Bible says the king looked at him, and all of a sudden the king ripped out his clothes. He ripped out his clothes and started yelling, oh, what do you think I am? Oh, everybody thinks I'm a god. Everybody thinks I can heal him. Oh, my gosh, oh, my God. Now, I know what you're thinking. Why is that funny? Okay, imagine it like this. Imagine if you go to somebody and you're like, you want to buy soda, and all of a sudden you don't, have, you don't have change to buy soda, and you go to your friend, hey, bro. Uh, uh, can I have a coin? And your friend all of a sudden starts like going, a coin? Are you kidding me? Come on, man. Everybody thinks I'm a god. Everybody thinks, what's the matter with you, huh? huh? What's the matter with you? This is the weirdest thing in the world. This dude is asking for help. And the king started getting mad and started stripping right there. Oh, you want some help? You want some help? Oh, yeah? Yeah, don't worry. I got you. I got you. The dude started stripping right there. I mean, this is the weirdest thing. And look at what happens. Elijah, which is the prophet, hears that the king's been stripping for people asking for help. help. So Elijah, you got to imagine, Elijah, it, this, is, this is his king. This is what we're talking about. It's like if we hear that Obama's doing the same thing with other people. People come and ask him help, and he just starts stripping right there. If Elijah starts freaking out, he's like, well, hold on, hold on. I'm going to be following this dude that's stripping for people. I can't do that. So he goes and he says, go get me the guy that had leprosy that asked for help. Tell him to come to me. So they go and they get Naaman. They bring him to Elijah. And when they bring him to Elijah, Elijah says, stays in his house. And Naaman gets to the house. Knocks on the door or whatever they used to do, right? Because they might have not knocked on the door. He said, gets there, whatever they do, whatever. They knock on the door. And then Elijah sends his servant down to meet Naaman, the guy with leprosy. All right, we're in story mode right here. He comes down, the servant, and tells him, Elijah says that you have leprosy, right? Yeah, I got leprosy. And the king stripped for you, right? Yeah, he stripped for me. It was unpleasant. Okay, here's what I want you to do. Elijah says that if you want to get healed, you go to the Jordan, you go to this river, and you jump in seven times. The seventh time when you get out, you'll be healed. Elijah didn't go meet him. Elijah sends the servant, and he says, go over there to the river and jump seven times, and when you get out the seventh time, you'll be healed, and then you can go on your way. The Bible says that this dude, Naaman, got pissed off, straight up. The Bible says, to be literal, to be literal with you, the Bible says that he starts screaming out, Naaman gets angry, and he starts screaming out, I thought that he was going to heal me. I thought that he was at least going to come over here and meet with me or give me his hand or all of a sudden say, Kapush, and I would be healed. And he's sending me to go out there and to jump in the river seven times. Who does this guy think he is? Giving me the solution to the problem that is slowly killing me, but it's not the solution that I want. He's giving, Elijah is giving Naaman the solution to the problem that is slowly killing him, but it's not what he expected. Let me tell you something. Don't tell God how to do his job, all right? Don't tell God how to do his job. 
Because you are going through a situation right now in your life just like the rain and just like the leprosy that is slowly killing everything and everybody that is around you. But you are so stubborn that you want to come to church and you think that all you got to do is say, God, heal me. And all of a sudden, the doors are going to open, smoke is going to come in, and a dove is going to lay on your shoulder and whisper, you're healed. And all of a sudden, the dove is going to leave, and then you're good. Then all of a sudden, you're not sick no more. That's it. You're done. You're waiting for the dove to come in with the smoke. You're waiting for everything to go dark except the spotlight right on top of you. And God to say, my son, check your pocket. You're going to be like, what? Boom, million dollars. And that's it. Financial situation is over. That's what you're expecting. You're expecting all of a sudden that you're here and you're looking for a girl. You're looking for a guy. You're looking for a husband, for a fiance. And then all of a sudden, the, 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 the floor is going to open up and somebody's going to come up with a Beyonce song. And it's a lady. It's the hottest lady in the world. It's going to look at you and it's going to come right to you. It's going to stand, stand, stand in the midst of you. It's going to be like, I love you, baby. You're mine. Jesus sent me to you. All yours. Let other people watch, but you enjoy. Is that what you're expecting? Your problem in your life that's slowly killing you, that's slowly taking everything for you, God is going to take care of it in his way, at his time, in his moment. And it's going to require his actions. But you can't get that stuck into your head. Elijah told him, go and jump seven times. The solution to the situation that is killing you, nobody said it was going to be easy to get out of. Nobody said it was going to be comprehensible. You with me? Are you falling asleep? You guys with me? Nobody said that that was easy. Nobody said it was going to be easy and just easy peasy, lime and squeezy to get out of cocaine addiction, to get out of pornography addiction, to make everything good with your wife. Nobody said you were going to walk into church and you were just going to say, God, do it now, and God was going to do it then. That's not what Elijah said. Elijah didn't say it was going to be easy. He said you need to jump seven times. But Elijah also said, if you jump seven times, you will be healed. It's not going to be easy, but when God speaks, it's going to be assured. When God speaks, it's going to be secure. When God speaks, it's going to be definite and it's going to be final. It's not, it doesn't mean that it's easy. You still got to jump seven times, but I promise you that on that seventh time, you'll be good. He'll take care of you. He'll take care of the situation that is killing you. But the, interven- the intervention of God over your life is however he wants it. Ask the, guy that got, ask, ask the blind guy that got saliva and mud all over his eyes. Ask him if it, if it bothered him. Ask him. Ask the guy that got spit on his eyes and thrown mud on his eyes that was blind. Ask him if it bothered him. What are you talking about? In the Bible, there's this guy that was blind, and Jesus comes up to him, and the guy's like, Jesus, help me, help me. Help me, Jesus. I want to see again. And the Bible says that Jesus takes mud, spits on the mud. <laughs> takes the mud and pours it over his eyes and all over his face and all over his face. He pours it right there, right there. And the Bible says the guy took the mud out. And when he took the mud out, all of a sudden he could see. Now, which one of you is willing to pay the price? Which one of you is willing to get saliva and mud if you were blind and you wanted to see? Raise your hand if you're willing. You say, yeah, I'll get spit on. No problem. I'll get spit on and I'll get mud on. To be healed, right? Then why are you not willing to... Allow it to happen in your life right now. Why are you not willing for him to come and, and heal you? Well, he's not going to throw mud and saliva. No, he's just, even simpler. He's going to tell you to stop cheating on your wife. It's much simpler. He's going to tell you to stop hanging out with the friends that are giving you the coke. Simpler. No mud, no saliva. Just, just a recommendation. Take it like that. He's going to tell you, 
He's going to tell you that everything is going to be all right in your financial situation. All you got to do is to stop spending your money in Taco Bell. All you got to do is to stop going to the drive-thru all day, every day, before class, after class, and in the middle of class. He's just going to tell you to save your money a little bit more. He's not going to put saliva or mud in your, in your, in your, in your eyes. It's not going to be the easiest thing in the world, but it's going to be final and it's going to be real and you will get out of that situation that's slowly killing you. But it takes seven times to dump yourself in the river. Seven times. I want to speak to the brokenness. Listen, I'm almost done. Literally. This is probably the shortest sermon I've ever done. I want to speak to the brokenness. I want to speak to the sickness. I want to speak to the emptiness, to that upset heart, to the fear, to the lostness, to the darkness. I want to speak to the dreams and desires, the ambition. What are you talking about? What the heck is this? Yeah, I don't want to speak to you. I don't want to speak to who you are. I want to speak to what you have. I don't want to speak to your trial and your problem. I don't want to speak to you. I want to speak to your trial and to your problem. I want to speak to the emptiness and the brokenness that's been going on for a long time. And nothing can fill it. Not to you. Because that's not who you are. You can decide to believe that. But I will not believe that a supernatural, amazing God created brokenness inside of you. You look for the brokenness yourself. You found emptiness yourself. But what he created is not that. What he created is better. What he created is beautiful. So that's why I don't want to speak to the beautiful young ladies that I see in the room. I don't want to speak to the amazing guys that I see in the room, to the great husbands and the great wives. I don't want to speak to them. I want to speak to the brokenness that's inside of them, the uncleanliness that's inside of them, the emptiness, the sickness, the upset heart. I want to speak to all of those dreams and ambitions that have been sucking your life away because you want it, but you don't know how to get there. I want to speak to those students that are frustrated with college. I want to speak to those moms that are frustrated with the relationship between her and her kid. I want to speak to that. I want to speak to the problem, to the heart of the problem, to the core problem. I want to speak to them. Listen, 1 Kings chapter 8, 1 Kings chapter 18, 1 Kings chapter 18. A situation is slowly killing you. The emptiness is slowly killing you. The brokenness is slowly killing you. The sickness is slowly killing you. And here lies the solution of your problem saying, go and check the sea. Go and check. Because the solution, what's going to end, that thing that's slowly killing you will end. And you're looking, but you're saying there's nothing there. So you're coming back to the same source. Like There's nothing there. There's nothing there. There's... There's nothing there. And what happens is this, that eventually, after your third or your fourth trip, you go like, there's nothing there. Screw you. I'm going I'm to go look for something else. And what I'm here to tell you is that what the Bible says for the brokenness, for the sickness, for the emptiness, for the lostness, for the dreams and the, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the desires. The Bible says in 1 Kings chapter 18 that the seventh time, the seventh time, the servant reported back. He said, I see a cloud smaller than my hand. I see a little bit of rain in the distance. 
that is going to end what is slowly killing me, that is going to end the emptiness, and it's going to end the brokenness, and it's going to end the sadness and the lostness. I see it. I see it. I see it. But it's on the seventh time. It's on the seventh time. It wasn't on the first time. It was on the seventh time. What are you saying, Josue? To the emptiness, to the broken, to the sickness in here. It's going to rain. It's going to rain. I went seven times back to God. Seven days straight in a row going back to God. Asking him, I don't see any solution to these problems. And he said, go back and go again. And on the seventh time, on the seventh day, on Sunday at four o'clock, I'm coming back to you saying, I see a cloud. I see something small. And it is going to rain. It is going to rain. It's going to rain. It's going to rain. It's going to rain. I'm not trying to get you excited. I'm trying to tell you, Young United, you chose the right Sunday, baby. It's gonna rain. It's gonna rain. It's gonna rain. It's gonna rain. rain. I know what you're thinking. How can you be so sure? How can you be so sure it's going to rain on a Sunday at 4 o'clock, Easter Sunday? How can you be so sure that it's going to rain? I got you. I got you. If you're wondering, how can I be so sure that it's going to rain over your life? How can I be so sure that the brokenness and the lostness and the sickness and the upset heart and the sadness and the darkness is going to go away? How can you be so sure, Osiris? Easy, easy, easy. I find what's going to restore me. I find my light. I find my life. Three, 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 three. Without these three words, there would be no Christianity. Without these three words, there would be no hope. Without these three words, there would be no pastor. Without these three words, there would be no deacons. Without these three words, there would be no solution at all to your problems. These three words are the most powerful three words in the universe. These three words will shape society. These three words will shape humanity. These three words are going to bring hope and faith and solution to the problem. These three words are going to heal the brokenness. Are going to restore the sick. These three words are going to lift up the heart. The three most powerful words in the world. The three words that change our life. Let me tell you, the three words is that he is alive. He is alive.
Young United, it's gonna rain. 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 You see, three words. Three words that are gonna change everything. You want to know why I believe in God? I had an epiphany about two weeks ago. I had a realization about two weeks ago. And it is the dumbest realization I've had in my life. But it is the strongest realization I've had in my life. It is the dumbest realization I've had in my life. Yet it was the strongest realization I've had in my life. death would have been final if Jesus wouldn't have resurrected from the cross there would be no Christianity there would be no hope there would be no solution if God if Jesus would have stayed on that grave I would not be preaching to you today because I would not believe in God what I would not believe in God if he wouldn't have resurrected if he would have stayed in that cross I would have think he's a joke. I would have think he has no power and no authority whatsoever. How am I going to trust in someone that was not able to finish your destination? How am I going to trust in someone that was not able to finish your destination? The only thing that is final in this whole world is freaking death. The only thing that is final in this world, it is death. So if you're still alive, then you're not done yet. If you're still alive, then you're not done yet. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What does that have to do with anything, Oswe? What does that have to do with anything? What does that have to do with anything? is not done yet. He is alive. He is alive. So for the brokenness in the room, you will be restored. For the sickness in the room, you will be healed. For the upset heart, you will be lifted up. For the darkness, light will shine in your life. For the dreams and the aspirations, there will be achievement and success. How do I know he's alive? Because the evidence is all around. The evidence is all around. Listen to me. Tonight, tonight is a night of miracles. Hey, 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 don't play church with me. I ain't playing church. I don't care if you like service or not. I don't care if you like my preaching or not. I don't care if you caught on to all the thousand mistakes that we made today or to all the times that I got lost or did not get lost or to all the times that my voice cracked. I don't care. I want you to know this one thing. Tonight is a night of miracles. Tonight is a night of revival. 
tonight is the night when Jesus Christ shows to his people that he is alive. That he is alive. Yeah, 